the comic book pit. Okay. started yeah let's crank let's fire it up um we got we got to finger figure out where uh, <laughs> we got a finger finger out where jared is yeah so where would oh I, I i know i know where jared is he's he's going down in a plane with harrison ford right now oh man that's brutal he's Honestly. in he, he, jared jared's dressed up like a wookie Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like yelling at him. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> Jared's like, ah! and, and Harrison Ford's like, don't worry, she'll hold together. <laughs> Hear me, <laughs> baby, hold together. Yeah. <laughs> Jared's like, I'm not telling you the odds. I'm telling you to watch out for that tree. <laughs> Listen, old man. <laughs> yeah. Stop flying planes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Planes crashing enough for you, old man. Old man, yeah. <laughs> mm. There you um, go. Yeah, so I guess yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll start the show that way. There we go. Comic book pit number 195. Holy smokes. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. No Jared. And Jared is, yeah, um, on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> in case in case you don't know what we're talking about, the, the break, the, the news is that Harrison Ford, who is an avid pilot, um, yeah. his plane went down, uh, and he landed in a golf course. Yeah, that's what I, which, I only heard that. Which was kind of good for him because I guess there were like a couple of doctors. I don't know if they just happened to be there or they were playing through, and like they were treating him immediately. Oh wow! Or <laughs> like doctors at the golf course. I mean, it makes sense. It was like probably like some resort or something or some golf club or whatever. <laughs> But uh, now, um, did he was he dropping off Anne Hache on a somewhere? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, this is six days, seven nights, part two. Yeah, it was day six of his flight to driving Anne Hache back to, you know, yeah. uh, David Schwimmer. You know, <laughs> I never saw that movie, but I never really wanted to. You know, it's not a bad movie. I make fun, but it actually is. Pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I probably should just because I mean I like I like almost anything Harrison Ford is in, so yeah, can't really go wrong. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it, it works. Like the movie works. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, actually, the only thing I really well, and it wasn't because of him, but I did not like. I don't know if you remember even remember this movie. This was him and Josh Hartnett. They did that movie called Hollywood Homicide. Oh yeah, remember that. That's right. Yeah, kind of, I never saw it. That was kind of, it was kind of dumb. I could, I could I don't think I'd miss that one. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. I I even I feel bad that I brought it up. 
I think that's I think that's when they thought like Josh Hartnett was going to be big time, and then that was it. And now he's on that show Penny Dreadful. Oh, okay. which I'm not so saying that I'm not working. saying that's yeah I'm not saying that's a da- like a bad thing, but it's yeah. just I mean, and I feel like the, the trend it, that's just furthering the trend of like f- fairly big name actors doing television. Yeah, or you know, doing the the network like or uh, cable TV or yeah. you know original programming from weird sources and yeah. <laughs> so, oh my god, I just got to read this tweet from uh, Peter Mayhew, aka Chewbacca, mm-hmm. and he put he put from critical is greater. Are, are critical to severe to moderate to fair in the span of an hour. Is Harrison Ford Han Solo or Wolverine? Hashtag never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Harrison Ford is not as bad as they originally thought. Maybe? They, I don't know. They, they, probably, they, they probably want to like be conservative with his diagnosis because of his age and because yeah. of how the the internet news machine right. works. Yeah. So they probably aired on the side of like, Oh yeah, he's pretty jacked up. Yeah. Um, well they said the, the thing I read then it said like his, his, his face was all bloody. I guess he might, maybe he hit his head or his face or something. Okay. For JJ Abrams, he's like, son of a bitch. Yeah. He's like, damn it. <laughs> He's like, I'll never be able to replace a Harrison Ford. Yeah, really. He's like, get Harrison Ford on the set now. He's gonna, he's gonna have to lock him down with one of those contracts that like <laughs> pro athletes have to sign, where they're not like, like where they're not allowed to do dangerous things during the season or, or off season, like when like, oh yeah, Ben Roethlisberger like rides his motorcycle without oh, a helmet. Yeah. And there was one athlete, I think he was like a Cleveland Brown, who he basically like. I don't want to say he ruined his career. I mean, his career was already ruined because he was a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, but well. he was, like, riding a motorcycle, and he got in an accident. And he was out for, like, his rookie season or something. And he oh, was supposed geez. to be this big star. And yeah. he was he he was out. And I think things like that caused teams to put in this clause, like, yeah, don't go skydiving. Yeah. Or, you know, don't go... Uh, paragliding or don't do right. stupid shit because you're getting paid obscene amounts of money. Just sit right. home and watch Netflix. Right. Which is what I would do if I had that kind of money. Yeah, really. You know, like, don't buy guns. Yeah, just don't just do stupid chill. stuff. Yeah. Don't sexually assault people. Just, <laughs> yeah. just enjoy your money. Enjoy yeah. the fact that you're a stupid rich millionaire. <laughs> um. So you know, I I, I kind of like like the, the the show that I wasn't on, which I know take your pick, right? Um, the show. But the, the the one episode where you and Jared talked about the books first and then other oh, stuff yeah, second, man. that was I think that worked really well. You know what? First, I don't know why, but it was like we knew that we had to get it done in an hour, mm-hmm. and so the last thought on my mind was the first thought that came out of my mouth. So it was like. All right, let's just go backwards. <laughs> yeah. So let's Tarantino this, you know. <laughs> but uh, let's reverse it. Yeah. But, no, I uh, thought that was I, I, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, it really worked out well. And like, 
I, it didn't, you know, because by the time we got to, you know, our 20-minute breakdown of Walking Dead, <laughs> well, we're talking about behind-the-scenes stuff now, but um, the, it's just, you know, like, I was like, well, we talked about everything else. Now we can go ahead and just, you know, lounge about and talk about Walking Dead till we're blue in the face. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so I was saying so we could start, uh, you know, actually start with comics first. Like, let's like, do it. Like you guys did the, the other time. Yeah. Um, well, I was kind of excited about this book, so I want to talk about it first. But um, I th- and I think it had kind of a big buzz coming out. But Squi- Spider Gwen number one, Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen <laughs> does whatever. Sing a song on every episode. Does uh, whatever an alternative version of Peter Parker's long lost love, Spider Gwen, can do. <laughs> um. So yeah, written by Jason Latour and art by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, and if you don't know, which I, I don't know who doesn't know about Spider Gwen at this point, but this is an alternate universe Gwen Stacy who was bit by the spider that was supposed to bite Peter Parker. Yeah, she becomes Spider Woman in her world. Um, Peter Parker is, you know, jealous or, you know, is still the picked on nerd. So he develops this formula, turns himself into like the lizard, basically. Yeah. He, yeah. He kind of takes on that role. Yeah. They, they fight, he dies. Um, which I guess that's, I, I want to say that's maybe her uncle Ben moment. Yeah, it is. That's her catalyst for, uh, you know, trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, um, responsibility. Yes. Uh, so Great power. But what's interesting in this world is nobody knows that Peter Parker was this monster, but his death is attributed to Spider-Woman. So right. that's this albatross hanging around her neck when this book starts. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of, I, I'm just going to say that there's a, right off the bat, there's a lot of interesting things to me in this alternate world. Um, yeah. Some of it we saw in her first appearance, which was Edge of Spider-Verse number two, where we saw um, Matt Murdock as he, the Kingpin's lawyer. Oh, yeah. Um, we see... Uh, Matt Murdock doesn't seem like a nice guy either. No, he's very much... He's a criminal. Yeah, and seems like. I, I think he's still blind, so I don't know if that means he has his Daredevil abilities. But they, I don't think they've revealed that yet. They no, they haven't, because he he yeah. was he was just briefly seen in that in that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, the well well the the Gwen Stacy character is interesting in that she's she's got the Peter Parker problems, where you know yeah. the the police are always after her. Um, she's, uh, blamed of a death that wasn't necessarily her fault. Um, her dad's like the, like, you know, a, a police captain who's that's Captain Stacy. Yeah. That's what's awesome about it. Yeah. Captain George Stacy, who died yeah. in the 616 universe. Right. Um, but he's still around, he's still alive and kicking and chasing spider woman who happens to be his own daughter. Right. Um, Gwen is in a, uh, a girl rock band called the Mary Janes, 
fronted by Mary Jane Watson, right. who in this issue is kind of a dick. Yeah, she is. She's kind of a dick. Um, um, she, because they, they kind of get this instant popularity that it was a result of events from, the their again, the first appearance, the Edge of Spider-Verse. Um, what else? Oh, Officer Ben Grimm. Oh, yeah, I like that. The, the Ben Grimm as a street cop. Right. Out oh, chasing the ANSI street gang. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Detective Frank Castle. Um, Who seems like a mean guy. He's, he's kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, we don't know, excuse me, we don't know why, but he's this kind of a, I don't, you don't really know if he's a dirty cop or just a cop on the edge or what his deal is, but right. he's, he's not above beating he's, a confession out of somebody. He's a, he's a ball buster. Yeah. He's uh he's tough, like, cause basically in this issue, Gwen beats up this monstrous dude, you know, who's obviously like some kind of superhuman and this dude ends up in the precinct and then it's Frank Castle beating the crap out of him. Yeah, that's what For information. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy, you know, okay, Frank Castle's just a regular human being too, you know. Right. Sure, he's strong, but this dude is getting beat up by a human being. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, Frank Castle is just, yeah. Yeah. Literally pulls no punches. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then the um, the the villain in the first issue is just the vulture. Yeah. Which was, you know, it's kind of cool that they're like, the more things change, the more they stay the same in a sense. Yeah. The seems like a really disturbed version of the vulture. Yeah. Like, like he almost seems like he's touched by the Green Goblin, you know, because the look like. His, you know, his eyes are all red, and uh, his face is red, almost purple. Um, you know, he just seems like he's jacked beyond what we know the the vulture to normally be. Yeah. So, but, but this, yeah, but this this whole world is fascinating to me. I, I like, I want more. Yeah. Like, I want more of this. Um, now, aside from all that, I mean. I, I thought this was just a fun book. I, I really, I like this character from the, her first appearance. Um, she was in the Spider Verse thing, but she didn't really have a lot to do. You know, she was just there. Right. Um, she was like a reminder for you know, I guess like Peter Parker's like, oh my god, Gwen Stacy who I couldn't save, and yeah. she's like, oh my god, Peter Parker who I couldn't save. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right, and then that was it. And I'm, I'm also fascinated, like fascinated by this because to me, Gwen Stacy is a blank slate. Like mm-hmm. I know she had her purpose in amazing, like you know, in the Spider-Man books back in the day, but she was his girlfriend. Yeah. You know, I, I and I didn't really, I don't remember reading any stories with her that weren't just focused around their relationship that this, they were in yeah. love and whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course there was her death and then there was the, the ill-advised uh, retcon story that J. Michael Straczynski did oh, yeah. where you, that Peter found out that what like 
Norman Osborn had some weird relationship with Gwen Stacy and right. they had kids and it's just Yeah, that was that was awful. That was jacked. Yeah. I I I try to put that out of my memory, but it's like too too much. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. <laughs> so so for me personally, like I don't have a lot of Gwen Stacy background. So I don't feel like you know, some people are like, "Oh, don't mess with certain characters, blah blah blah." Like that doesn't uh, that holds no sway over me for this because like I said, Gwen Stacy is for all intents and purposes to me a, a brand new character. Oh yeah, totally. And um and, and the world is too. So mm-hmm. like even, you know, the nice thing, I mean there's <laughs> I've talked to people about this before, but but the nice thing is that they're in a whole new universe. So um, you get all the fun twists that you get from an alternate universe book. Um, that's what I always liked about books like Mutant X. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here you have, you know, it was it was ha- Havoc who um, was dealing with everybody was completely different than what he had known. And then this world, you know, it's like the reader gets to have that, you know, gets to deal with that. Yeah. Um I feel like this is like the stuff they did just in this first issue alone is what the ultimate universe should have been. Oh yeah. Because the ultimate universe, they didn't really change a whole lot. The ultimate universe, they really wanted it to be from the, from the side of our world becomes, you know, becomes a superpower please. Yeah. Like they were trying to tell it from that side of it. Like, but, but eventually but, they had to give up doing that and they just went for a full on superhero stuff you know cause it's sort of like it's even like the movies like they have to introduce it slow to make it more believable mm-hmm. like Ultimate Universe they were like rolling out things that were plausible and then the, the longer it stayed around the more implausible it became you know Yeah. so they eventually were just like well you know <laughs> it's well, I mean, that kind of leads up to other books that are going coming out, but uh, um, the Ultimate Universe is time is actually running out here shortly too. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you want to switch gears. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, and then we'll come back to Spider Man. But <laughs> um, I like all right, um, New Avengers. Uh, issue 30, and it's part of the whole, you know, never-ending story by Jonathan Hickman that's <laughs> been going on for, what, three or three or four years now. Yeah, basically since issue one. Yeah, issue and, one of this book and the regular Avengers title. Yeah, he's been playing yeah. the long game for three years. Yeah, well, now it's it's actually starting to pay off. Like, they're actually revealing, and in this issue, they actually revealed what's going on with the universes. And I was like, oh my god, and it like, uh, literally, well, not literally, it honest, <laughs> figuratively blew my mind. <laughs> but, uh, ow, you know, but, uh. There's pieces of my mind everywhere. <laughs> but the cover is the one with, it's Captain Britain standing on top of the, the bodies of the Captain Britain Corps. Um, and, um, this issue, they finally reveal what they're dealing with, and, even like, and I mentioned on the previous podcast too, I think, that the Beyonders have returned. 
Um, and if, you know, longtime comic readers would know, uh, the Secret Wars in the 80s, uh, was all manufactured by this guy known as the Beyonder. And he was kind of a goofball looking guy. He had like a jumpsuit and, you know, like, <laughs> he had like, yeah, it was t- 80s hair. Very, very 80s. He had like, yeah, like the kind yeah. of shoulder pads and the yeah the in the the perm he, he, he yeah. looked like he looked like mike brady from the brady bunch <laughs> and i was like this guy <laughs> but he for whatever reason he was entertained by the heroes fighting each other i guess or something like i i honestly i didn't even read it i don't think well you know what's what's because it, it was before my my time what's interesting is the first secret wars there was no personification of the beyonder he was just this voice like you actually never saw him yeah, his just his manifestation was this guy. Yeah, it wasn't until right. Secret Wars two that they actually said, "Oh, let's make him look like somebody." Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's what they were saying. Well, so now that's what they were trying to say is like they, they're they're beyond our comprehension. That's why they call them that. Mm-hmm. And um, so these guys, so they finally found out though that the worlds, you know, worlds collide. Um, the Earths, they've called it the incursions. Um, the Earths from alternate realities have been colliding. And when they collide, only one Earth remains. And, um, you know, our heroes have been trying to stop this for the whole time. You know, basically for three years. And they found out now that the Beyonders were behind everything. And they are just like, we are so screwed. In this issue, um, I always I always get his name wrong, but uh, um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Is it an Avenger or Yellow Jacket? Oh, okay, Yellow Jacket. But see, he goes by different names. What's his name? Uh, Giant Man, aka you know Goliath, and yeah. But I guess in this now he's is it Pym? Hank Pym? Yeah, it's Hank Pym. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh my god. They're like, thank god, Hank Pym, you're back. Um, so, like, Hank Pym was on a secret mission for the past year or so, and he was investigating, you know, he was trying to find out what was causing it, and he found his way towards, like, uh, outside of the known reality, and he found out that the Beyonders had been orchestrating this uh, killing of of these universes and like they're they're going after the celestials and killing them and uh, <laughs> and they're and then uh the whole thing has you know like they were like you know there's still hundreds and thousands of worlds or you know of universes and then they're like but all of a sudden there was only like you know 24 and they're like oh my god like we don't even know what happened but now we're down to like a minimum like there's no other reality, and um, well then he reveals that uh, the Beyonders managed to kill the Living Tribunal, <laughs> huh. and once again, long-time readers, so, you know, if you read Silver Surfer in the '80s and '90s, you know, the Living Tribunal is pretty much the guy that runs. You know, he's he's the embodiment of the universe, and if he if you kill him, he's that's it. You know, everything goes away. Yeah. So that's why we can't have nice things. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so they're like, how do we, 
and that's what they leave you with in this issue. They're just like, they tell you everything that's been going on that you haven't seen, and they're like, how do we beat this? You know, like, we're... And that's how they leave it. They're like, what hope does man have now? Like, like they're like, we're effed. You know, there's basically only a couple universes left, and we're effed. And I was like, like, my brain was rocked after reading this because like I, i'm just like hickman is a madman <laughs> for writing this book like he's a mad genius yeah it, you know or something <clears throat> and for playing such a long game that i'm like oh my god um but uh here's what i here, here's what i'm gonna say about it because i always gotta have an opinion too you know <laughs> like that's just my comments on the book like the book is really interesting and it's really good behind-the-scenes Marvel uh, universe building. Like, because they, they talk about a lot of the, the major players in the galaxy. And like I say, if you read uh, Silver Surfer books, you you find a lot of those, those beings in Silver Surfer. Okay, now here's my thing. Lay it that's, on me. That's, bug, that's been bugging me about the Secret Wars <clears throat> that's coming out is... That the heroes are going to lose this battle. Like, they, they've already lost hundreds and hundreds and, you know, an infinite number of universes have gone away. They're going to come down. They've already revealed this. They're coming down to 616 or 616 versus, um, the ultimate universe. And they're destined to collide, you know, because they're the only two left. And, you know, all the solicits for it now are like, the heroes lose. And I'm like, what? You know, like, what? Yeah, but do they really? They, yeah, because then after that, there's Battle World. You know, then they get into oh, this whole... I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm like, really? Because, and it bothers me because, you know, because I like to read, you know, where the hero actually triumphs, you know? The hero overcomes this, but but in their minds they're like, no, they they lose this battle, and I'm like, well, then why why do I want to even read more of this? You know, it was the same thing with Spider-Man when they retconned, you know, he made the deal with Mephisto, and it's like no hero would ever make that deal, but they had him do it so that Aunt May could live, so he didn't win that battle. You know, right. he actually, uh, he actually lost. He literally made a deal with the devil. Yeah. Which Spider-Man and would never do. He would never do that. And it, and then, the, and now in this book, they're actually writing it. And it's the same thing about the Superman movie. Everybody was so mad that he killed Zod. Spoilers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, Superman would never do that. And it's like, and this is, this is the same kind of stuff where they're like, you know, oh yeah, these heroes are totally going to lose this battle. But don't worry, there's Battle World, and you'll have to read that. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to. Like, I. But I that's think that's gonna... where they're going to triumph, though. Are they? Well, <laughs> they'll have to at some well, point because the books have to come back. I guess, <laughs> but like, alternate. You know, they've lost all the alternate realities. They're going to lose their Earth, and then they're just going to have, like, this new amalgam called Battle World. <laughs> so, like, 
<laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Duke, I, I I think of it. I, I think of this Marvel and the DC event, which is very similar. The convergence. Yeah. Like the tagline from Aliens versus Predator. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. It's so true. Because we, as the readers, have to muddle through this the next couple of months of all this crap. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I might you know, flip through a few things. I don't see myself buying any of this stuff. My, the I, only thing, go ahead. The only thing I can see me buying is Secret Wars itself, but all the Battle War books, no. I'm, I'm uh, gonna, I, for, like for me, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground. I'm going to mm-hmm. try and pay attention to what's going on, but I'm not going to buy anything again until the dust settles, and there are think, clear books. Like, okay, tell me what's coming out after this event is over. Here, yeah, and it's here's what I think. I said this before, and I'm going to swear. Please do. So, plug your ears now. Earmuffs. But I think they've. Here's here's my assessment of what Battleworld means, is they're looking back on 30 years of shit that they threw against the wall, and they're like, we could scrape up and throw it against the wall again and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Because that's all it sounds like to me. And I hate I hate to say that because I, I feel like that episode of South Park where that's all he could hear is, you know, everything was shit. <laughs> but that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they're like, we... The House of Ideas doesn't have any ideas, and so we're just reusing everything we've done in thirty years. Okay, so here's, and maybe more, actually, maybe fifty years. Yeah. No. Okay. So here's here's what I what I feel like they're doing. So they decided, okay, we need to clean house. Yeah. So it, it's almost like they they've got this giant, huge ass bulletin board where they've put up like every single character from. Every like every different version of every single character, almost like a March Madness type of bracket. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, okay, let's yeah. let's see who's gonna you know who's gonna stick around. Yeah, like, who is gonna get a you know who's gonna get eliminated? Who's gonna make it to the finals? Yeah. and then after that, you know, it's like, oh, we've got thirteen different Captain Americas. Okay. These right. two guys That's... are going to fight. Then that guy, whoever is left, he's going to fight this 23rd version of Iron Man. Right. And then whoever's left from that fight. So it's like this elimination round. It's like, you know, Ultimate Fighter or something. I don't know. But it's like they're just going to – so at the end, whoever is left standing of, you know, whatever it's, it's version pretty... of each character is left standing is who's going to – it's like their reward is – Oh hey, you you get an ongoing book now. Yeah, but that's what. I, yeah, I think you're right. I except think. I think there's going to be one exception. Okay. I don't know how they're going to do this, but the spider characters are problematic. Oh yeah. Because you've got Spider Gwen, Spider Man, Spider Woman, and Miles Morales. Yeah. They can't get rid of any one of those four characters. Right. So, okay, so Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman, okay, let's just put them aside. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got to have a Spider-Man. That's going to be Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah. But Miles Morales is such a fan favorite. Oh, yeah, they're going to keep and, him. And he's kind of a cash cow. I mean, he's, you know, they've 
They've got an animated series for him. I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. Well, not to mention, you know, after having done the Spider-Verse, they pointed out a lot of great Spider-Men and women and pigs. Yes. You know, that why would they get rid of all of them? Why would they Why would they even shoot themselves in the foot like that and say, well, we can't have all these alternate characters? Right. But, yeah. but at the same time. They can't all. They can't all run around the same universe. Yeah, exactly. They're all. The, yeah, they're on this quote battle world that's going to be probably, uh, you know, time is ripped apart as well as space. You yeah, know? I mean, and and that's one thing. Like, yes, while they're on battle world, anything could happen. Yeah, sure. You can have Spider Ham and Superior Spider Man and Spider Man twenty ninety nine, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. But once all this is over, who's you know, how many spider characters are going to be left in the 616, which is what yeah. I assume is going to be the, or, you know, whatever. It's going to be Earth-1 at that point, I yeah, guess. Whatever uh, DC. New, new Earth, I almost said new universe, Yeah, they come up with, um, you know, who's going to be left standing? How many spider characters are they going to want to have yeah. in one universe if... In fact, the plan is to not have any more alternate universes. Right, and it, it makes you... Yeah, it's like, are they really going to go through with that? Yeah, I'm a, you know? because otherwise, if they have more alternate... If they say, oh, well, we're going to keep this character, this character, and this character in an alternate universe, well, then you really haven't changed anything, have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just comes back to where they were before, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's you know thousands of alternates. So, again, that's why. So, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I feel, I guess I'm the same way because they're like, oh, it's going to be the Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, and I'm like, that's stupid. By the way, because, they have that. They, do you know they have that slated as a quote ongoing series? Yeah, that's what I. How can that? That's be what I, on, I just my like. I, I just sh- have to shake my head at some of this stuff and just not even think too hard about it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like okay, so and also this um, book A Force that's okay. going to come out of that. So if you've seen any of the solicitation or any of the images for A Force, it's this, it's a team of all female characters. Oh yeah, that's and right. there's got to be like twenty or thirty characters on this cover or this mm-hmm. image. So this comes out of Battle World, where there are all these alternate versions or old versions of characters. Well. All these characters aren't going to come back. Like, you're not going to have 70s Dazzler <laughs> coming back. Um, Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, that's true. It's, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, the the whole thing confounds me, and I'm, like I, like I said, I, I'm trying not to think too much about it or have an opinion about it because I kind of don't want to. I just want to wait and see what happens when it's all over. Yeah. And then I'll and then I'll decide if it was a good idea or not. When the dust clears, that's that's when I'll have an opinion. When it's all over, <laughs> I don't want to have any opinions until then. Yeah, I, I, it's like my gut is telling me that a lot of this is going to be forgettable. You know, in a couple of years, it's going to not matter at all. Sure. So, um, they're trying to make it sound like it's going to be you know critical, but no. You know, status quo will, will return, and then there'll be that'll be it again. So, 
Yeah, and I will, you know, if if um, everything goes back, you know, like once this is all over and we have, you know, a regular Avengers book again and a Fantastic Four or whatever, if, if we have some, you know, we, uh, the Marvel Universe needs some stability. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm going to agree that Hickman's Avengers book. I, I was only reading just the regular Avengers. I haven't read New Avengers oh, okay. or anything like that. Yeah, um, was good. I, I felt like the, the focus from issue one, which we, we've already said, has been on this ongoing, this one huge storyline. That it it didn't feel like there was just no. It was like almost no room for any character development or any mm-hmm. interesting character stories or any one shots oh. or one offs. Um, it just, you know, I, I, I miss single issue stories. Uh, I, I miss there not being like a huge event to have to worry about in a book, you know? Yeah. I, and I think. I mean, to some degree, there there has been some one-off stories in there and character stories, but they play into the greater yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. So I I know what you're saying. I mean, there but there's been ones where it's like, okay, well, the character is driven by the greater goal, but here's a nice character piece about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you get those. You know, there are issues like that. But I I, I agree with you, too. It's like, really, we can't. Like it's been th- it's been three to four years of the same story, and now we're gonna now we're getting to the point where we're gonna find out that they're not even gonna win. <laughs> you know, they're gonna lose everything. Well, and then uh, imagine if you're someone who maybe you're not reading Avengers, but you're interested because uh, in this new Secret Wars event, and you decide, oh well, it's coming out of the Avengers books. I'm gonna jump in for the last few issues and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, okay, how impenetrable are those issues going to be for someone? Oh yeah, you, you like you can't just jump in at the end and ride out the rest of this series. Like yeah. you, will have, you will have little to no idea what's going on. Yeah, at this point, they've basically it's the you know this issue that I covered was. Uh, it wasn't the villain telling you what's happening, but it was like you know the, that critical part of a movie where the villain reveals his master plan. Yeah, and that's what this issue was about. But it was you know from one of the heroes telling it, and he's basically like we're we're screwed. And they they really are according to their solicits. They really are. <laughs> you know, but I said I would I would read it to the end because Hickman and what he did in Fantastic Four was. Incredible writing, and that I'm is like, true. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this one all the way to the end. What would it be great if, if, they, if their next event was just called Marvel? We're screwed. <laughs> uh, okay. On that note, should we move forward? <laughs> yeah. Now that we, yeah, sufficiently ranted about that enough. <laughs> so. Um. See, did you want to talk about the next Spider book? Yeah, we could talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have too Spider-verse. much to say. Yeah, this is the um, Amazing Spider-Man number fifteen. It's the uh, Spider Verse epilogue, and 
This was just exactly what it sounds like. This is kind of like the like the cleanup issue where they, uh, you know, after they defeat the um, um, mm. oh, the what were they called? The, um, the inheritors. The inheritors. I almost called them the Morlands. Like like that's their last name. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the one character's name. How you doing? I'm 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 Jim Morland. The Morlands. Morlands. It's like a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? It's the Morlands. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they've they're sending all the various spiders back to their home universes, and uh, of course something goes sideways when the uh, superior Spider-Man, Doc Ock, doesn't want to go back to his oh yeah universe because he knows by doing that he's just setting himself up to like he knows that because Peter his is Peter. back as Spider-Man that. Ultimately, his fate is sealed. Yeah, and he doesn't want that. So he start, he tries to start some shit. And um, yeah, I don't, this this was no this was a pretty good. I I actually liked this epilogue better than the last issue of Oh yeah Spider Verse, <laughs> <laughs> which I I I liked Spider Verse up until like the last couple of issues where I, then I felt like it just kind of shit the bed. And yeah, which seems typical for Dan Slott. Sorry, Dan Slott. But, <laughs> but you know, his endings come up very quickly. You know, they're just like, oh, it's wrapped up. You know, like, he, they were like, oh, we threw all these guys in this world they can't get out of. Well, I, I, and I realized <laughs> I, I started getting lost when, you know, when there were so many things going on that I had no reference of because I wasn't reading... Spider Verse team up, and I wasn't reading Spider Woman and whatever. You know, there were yeah. there were things going on, significant things, yeah, going on outside of Amazing Spider Man. And then once they showed up in Amazing Spider Man, I had no frame of reference. I'm like, who is this person? What are they talking about? And the fact that they make a note saying, "Oh, check out Spider Verse team up number two. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I read them that? all because I was all into the whole multiverse thing. And, um, yeah, if not, and I know Jared said that too, if not for that fact, like the one character that was part of the, the Marlin family, <laughs> um, but he had like the, the tanker thing on his head, the scuba gear. Yes. And he looked kind of steampunkish. Yeah, he was like the steampunk guy, and everybody thought, well, maybe he's Peter Parker or something like that. But um, if not for, you know, if, for me mentioning it to Jared, he didn't even know that character was in there because he didn't actually appear in those issues of Amazing Spider-Man right. that he was reading. So it was kind of like, who is this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, then, like this issue, though, they really tied I. You know, there was a couple things. They were just like, let's just put a nice bow on it because that's what they, you know, the guy in the web, um, spoiler stuff, everybody, but uh, the guy in the web that was killed turns out to be that guy. He turns out to be the guy that's part of their inheritor's family, but he's like a younger version of the guy in the web. It's like he's like a never-ending, or you know, an ever-living character, right? In this in this loop. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. How it's yeah. like it, it it's like it was his destiny to to be in the web. To, to yeah, to be that yeah. 
the the all reality web. But uh, yeah, I just I mean it was nice and neat though. They were like, oh well, you you know like <laughs> we didn't tell you anything about these two characters, and they're like, oh well, that's because they're the same character, and this is why. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you know like um, yeah, the thing with the uh, you know Spider Doc, I guess we'll call him. I don't know Spider Rock, but uh, you know he was. He was like, no, you know, and I, th- I was hoping that he would have done something that would have maybe changed his fate mm-hmm. in the regular book, but they didn't do that. They were just like, oh, yeah, he f- he completely forgot that he had- was on this adventure. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I feel like, like oh, that's a bummer. And <laughs> Although at the same time, I, I feel like they need to just wrap him up because just him being around is seemed problematic all the time. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. so too. What I was hoping for was like some sort of, you know, like maybe maybe uh, Ock realizes that he's gonna lose his mantle as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and so he builds a safeguard. So when he does give up control, he would have built a safeguard so that he doesn't cease to exist, because that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, in the book was. It's like, he's like, I'm letting my memory get erased and I'm going away, you know? You know, I mean, I guess there's a a little robot out there that has his, you know, encryption on him or something like that, but... Mm -hmm. But it was like, it would have been cool if they, you know, made it matter, like, for him to go on this adventure. Yeah, it seemed like he was just there to be a, a pain in the butt. Yeah. Just to like, much. He, he was there just to like <laughs> tr- try and be smarter than everyone and contradict Peter at every turn. Yeah, like uh, he, I mean, he did organize at least half the team, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give him that. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. He, um, the, the the other thing I liked is at the end of this, Peter. It seemed like he had some newfound confidence after this whole. Spider-Verse thing that, that he didn't have before that um, as far as, he's like, you know, I just I led a whole team of spider people against these you know, oh, yeah. against these killers and we came through on top and and uh, you know, I, I don't know why I feel so self-conscious about running my own company, I can do this etc, cetera, etc cetera. and then, but he still has the wherewithal to just be Spider-Man, like he, and you know, even though he did this uh, this uh, universe-spanning thing, he still has time to s- stop a mugging. Yeah. You know, he's still... He's still... Spider-Man. Yeah. He's so, still the guy that's going to, st- yeah, stop the crooks. Right. Like, he's not, yeah, full but, of himself. Yeah, but now he can, he can see a bigger picture, mm-hmm. it seems like, and... Um, I don't know if I'm going to keep going with this with Spider. With amazing, yeah. I'm. I might check out the next issue just to see what the what the direction is going to be. Yeah, but a lot um, of a lot of it for me uh, hinges on the artist too because uh, I liked the artist they've had on Spider Verse. It was like Olivier Coipel and um uh. Uh, what's his name, Caselli? 
Caselli uh, sure. and this other uh, this Giuseppe Camicoli. I like him. Mm. Um, but you know, when Amazing Spider-Man when this first started, they had uh, Umberto Ramos, yeah. who I am not a fan of. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Uh, like I said, for me, a lot of it will hinge on the art. Um, so we'll see what the next issue is going to be like. Um, I am probably going to stay with it as long as Dan Slott's writing it. Um, even though I take shot, I took a shot at him. I, I think his ideas are fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't know if he, he, it's sort of like when he's done with an idea, he's just like, he just goes, oh, I'm done. And he wrote, writes a real quick ending, <laughs> but his ideas are fun. And I think that's why that's actually why I continue reading it. So I'll probably stick around to see what else he does. At least, you know, as long as he's on the book, I'll probably keep reading it. Cool. So yeah, even though, like, like I say, yeah, <laughs> he does what he wants. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, geez, what else? Um, yeah. I'm going to talk about this this comic real quick. Uh, the Black Hood. Oh, okay, yeah. Black Hood number one. It's uh, Dwayne Swierzynski and Michael Gatos, and it's it, believe it or not, it's from it's technically from Archie Comics, uh, but they have a new imprint called Dark Circle Comics, <laughs> which I'm gonna say is is it's like their version of the Max line that Marvel had. Yeah. Um, this is very much a urban vigilante. Story. Um, Black Hood is actually like an old character of theirs. Um, if you remember years ago, remember Impact Comics? Oh yeah, that yeah. was a that was an Archie. Oh okay. Or at least they were using those characters like the Shield and the Black Hood and the Fly mm-hmm. and the Comet. Um, so this is the first issue of this Dark Circle imprint, and. It, uh, it takes place in modern-day Philadelphia, and you have a, a motorcycle cop who's responding to a uh, some like a shooting or something that's taking place outside of an elementary school. So he doesn't even wait for backup; he just goes, and you know he sees some gunplay, so, and he doesn't really know who the players are, but he decides he has to. He's got to step in, and um, mm-hmm. he. He takes. He actually takes a shotgun blast to the face, but before he goes down, he manages to fire a couple of rounds, and he takes a takes a couple of guys out. Mm-hmm. What he finds out when he's in the hospital is one of the guys he inadvertently kills was the mass vigilante known as the Black Hood, mm. and he was just he didn't realize that's who it was. Um, but yeah, they there's this guy running around calling himself the Black Hood, and he didn't have a crazy costume. He was literally just kind of wearing a ski mask and a, like a black leather jacket, but he fought street crime. And, you know, like half the cops liked him, half the cops hated him, etc. Mm-hmm. So so the, this guy's dealing with the guilt of that. He is on painkillers because his face is, half his face is kind of mangled. Um He's got to go through speech therapy to kind of learn how to use his mouth again. He's just, again, he's just a mangled mess. Um, and he's 
he, he's having all these issues, like physical and emotional issues. Um, he eventually makes it back to the police force. He's back, you know, on his motorcycle uh, duties. Um, he's uh, and he's hooked on painkillers now. In <laughs> fact, he and his partner pull over um, some yuppie that is, you know, buying. You know, they, they they suspect him from you know buying you know, drugs off the street, and his partner takes off after someone. And this guy, he looks at the car and he sees a bag of pills. <laughs> and his partner comes back and he's like, "Do you find anything?" And the guy's like, "Nope." <laughs> so this is a very flawed character, uh-huh, okay. um, and he's he's going through a lot, and it's in a, in a kind of a dark turn. His like he he goes to his his locker to find the like the the literal black hood hanging hanging <laughs> on it like his fellow cops gave it to him as like a trophy ah. like oh you took this guy out here's his. Oh. so he's at one point he's so out like whacked out of his mind on on pills he's sitting in his own apartment or his own house wearing the hood He's just wearing it for no reason, you know. Um, His speech therapist comes knocking at the door. He's like, I got to get out of here. Again, he's all, he's, you know, half whacked out of his head on on pills. Um, And he he jumps out of, you know, he he leaves his house, still wearing his mask. He just puts on a coat, and he's, like, running across rooftops, and he jumps down into, in the middle of a robbery, and he's like, I am the Black Hood. Uh. And it's really crazy book. I mean, it's really well-written. Um, Dwayne Swarzynski, he, he's a crime novelist by trade, but he's done a lot of comics. Um, Punisher and yeah. uh, I can't think of um, other comics, but he, he does a lot of street-level stuff. Oh, he's, yeah. like, he wrote um, Iron Fist for a while. So... I had a lot of um, a lot of faith going in that this was going to be well written, and then to add to it, Michael Gatos, yeah, doing the art. You know, Michael Gatos from uh, I mean, he's done a lot, but most famously, he you know did Alias with Bendis. Um, the only thing I was really disappointed in the backgrounds were super photoshopped. Oh, okay, like taking pictures and just running them through a bunch of filters so oh, they look like comic yeah, art. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Now, the only thing I can think of now, apparently Dwayne Swarzynski is a native of Philadelphia. Okay. And they, I, I assume they just really wanted to get this right, like make it feel like they were in Philadelphia. So maybe he was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll use photo reference, but I'll just leave the photo in. And so it looks like this neighborhood in Philadelphia, whatever. Um, okay. I, I thought that kind of sucked. Yeah. It, I, it really annoys me when artists do that, when they when they just Photoshop pictures and it's so obvious. Yeah. Um, it's kind of lazy. Uh, I mean, that's what I think. At least take a stab at it. Like, if you're going to, you know, yeah. draw, just draw it in there because it should. And, you know, because, because the Photoshop thing never matches your artwork. No, it really doesn't. So just draw your own version of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I understand there are you know, shortcuts. You know, they might be 
like if you're, you know, an amateur or whatever, if you're under a time crunch. But these guys are like pros. I mean, yeah. I, I had the same problem with, um, oh, what was his name? He did the he did the book with Bendis uh, Scarlet Alex Maleev. Oh yeah, Alex Maleev. I love Alex Maleev's art. He can draw the hell out of just about anything he puts his mind to. But yeah, he did a lot of photoshopping in like in Scarlet. That was one of the reasons why I couldn't read that book past like two or three issues. So it 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 makes me angry when these you know seasoned pros you know do that. When they when they just are very blatantly photoshopping right. their photo reference to make it look like art. So um, this this was a really cool book. I'll probably still keep getting it, um, but like I said, I'm a little disappointed that in the in the it's like half Michael Gatiss art, half Photoshop filters. So. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but no, if you like, you it know, sounds interesting though. Yeah, it's really cool. Like I said, if you you know, it's um some nice gritty mm-hmm. street level type of uh, vigilante stuff. Right. So, uh, and it was yeah, it was it was again, it, it's funny when you say, oh yeah, this came out from Archie Comics. Yeah. Because it technically, like I said, it, te- it technically is an Archie publication, but just through their more their darker imprint. So. Well, I mean, you know, Archie just has, you know, zombies and all that stuff now, too. Yeah, that's so, true. They have the afterlife I mean, he, with Archie, and they... They killed him in their yeah. other book. Yeah. But, what's going on at Archie? Let's talk about... <laughs> I t- well, you Let's know, talk hey, about what's wrong with them. <laughs> no, no, you know, hey, they're they're taking chances. I love Archie for that. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The only thing I don't love Archie for, and I don't know what the, what the hell happened, but... I remember talking about this last year because the first issue came out in October was the Sabrina book. Oh yeah. That first issue came out and another issue has not been seen since. I'll tell you what though. Did you read that first issue? Oh, I did. I loved it. I did not like it one bit. Like, I mean, I, like I was bored out of my mind reading that book. Really? Yeah. It was like the bat. We're talking about like her hit growing up, right? Yeah, yeah. I just was not into any of that at all. Like I thought it was going to be, um, you know, about her present, you know, current and present. But instead, mm-hmm. they they're like, let's start out where she's like five years old or whatever. And I'm like, or or baby even. But I was like, oh my god, this is a history lesson. Well, yeah. This isn't a good reading. It was it was definitely like a, a story that took place out of time, like it was in the fifties. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be a companion piece or a companion book to Afterlife with Archie, but it really wasn't. It yeah, was, it, it was very much just on its own. I I think that's what I expected too, like some kind of uh, maybe in the same vein, like Sabrina doing some dark magic kind of stuff. You know, yeah. like like a like a dark edged version of her. Right. But instead it was like this whole backstory that I was like, well, that would have been good in issue three, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know. And then they never came out with anything else, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Now, f- from what I understand, I, I, I looked it up at work once. Um, Diamond, like, I guess they, they've 
either Diamond or Archie, I don't know who does this, but they, they've canceled it. I don't say they, it's not they've canceled the book, but they've canceled, um, solicitations for it. I guess until they can get, you know, get themselves together. Yeah. Like they've, they've canceled all future solicitations for the book. Okay. I don't know. You know, I'm actually going to, you know, either tonight or tomorrow. I'm I'm actually curious now to see what happened with this book that it got delayed so, so badly. Yeah. Because it, the first issue came out to, uh, you know, pretty good reviews. I, I mean, not yours, but yeah, not my review. Yeah, <laughs> not I'm, your reviews. I'm sticking but, the mud. Yeah, you're like I hated it. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm crotchety. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my Sabrina. <laughs> um. All right. What else we got here? Um, Darth Vader. I think we. Oh yeah, we get from 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 one black hood to another. Yeah, there you go. Um. <laughs> okay, so so I now I wasn't on the episode when you guys talked about issue one, and I wish I had uh, had been. Oh yeah, because I well I ended up raving about the whole crossover story uh, between that and Star Wars, between yeah. Darth Vader number one and Star Wars issues one and two, mm-hmm. and how they all tie together. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I wasn't crazy about issue one, but I really liked issue two. Of Darth Vader? Yes. Okay. So, um, the, you mean the haters going to hate issue, you know? <laughs> it, like, the cover of issue two is Darth Vader walking past um, the Admiral and, and a bunch of troopers. Yeah. Now, you, with his head held high, you know? Do you, do you know how to pronounce his name? Is it Tag or Taggy? I think it's tag. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I liked that it was a character from the uh, episode four New Hope. Right. Um, that was you know he was actually the one that Vader choked, wasn't he? No. Was he the one? No, no it wasn't him. He, it was the other guy, the guy that yeah. Um, oh, I don't remember his name. If he haven't even had a name, but he was the the one who was like this. This station is now the the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Oh yeah, that's right. He was the one that was all full of uh, yeah. Death Star he's like, don't try people. and scare us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Yeah. He's like that ancient religion of yours hasn't. And he's like bad mouth in the force, and yeah. Vader's just like walking yeah. towards him. He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he's like, choke on this. Yeah. Um, and that, and of course, that's the famous. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, Tag was, I, I like how they've, they've gleaned a character out of, you know, like one line out of the movie. And they, they made him, uh, more interested in Star Destroyers than Death Stars. Um, yeah. And he's like, when he says, he's like, we could, we could build, how many Super Star Destroyers could we have built instead of that one Death Star? He's like, uh, our fleet is like an ocean, you know. Like he was all about it. I was like, "This is cool." Yeah, it's it, and it's interesting how they the the imperial officers differ because Vader's like, you know, uh, Tarkin had had a, a a vision, and you have blueprints, or like you have schemat, or like he was basically saying Tag is more of like a numbers guy, like almost like a number cruncher, and Tarkin had this like. 
mm-hmm. had like was a big picture kind of guy, where like Tag was more like a you know Tag's basically saying like if we have the vast majority of ships, then yeah. we will win any battle. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think Tarkin was just saying if we have the biggest gun, then we will win. Yeah, it's all about like yeah. 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 And, of course, then you have Vader who's saying, I have the Force, I will win. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I got religion on my side. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I like this issue a lot more than the first because I felt like there was a lot more, um, just a lot more happened in it, I feel. Like, the, the first issue to me was just kind of dry. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the... It was all characters that were aliens and either had no facial expression or you really couldn't. In issue two? No, in issue one. Issue one. I was saying, I, I, that was oh, why because I, of uh, his encounter with Jabba. Yeah, there was, you know, that's why I really wasn't crazy about issue one is because it, the whole issue looked like it was just, like the art was just uh, screen caps from the various movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just uh, kind of boring to me. It just felt real dry. And and I I got the story, but it just, I don't know. I, I, I just was not ex, you know excited by it. But the second issue, I actually felt like, okay, this is cool. There's some stuff going on. And um, so... Yeah, um, there's what I liked. Here, I had I don't know I I liked the idea in the in the second issue. There was this, there was subtlety that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like I liked how you know basically Tag had that guy um, follow Vader. Yeah, you know he's like he's keeping tabs on Vader, and Vader's like don't push your luck. You know, he's like even though I take orders from Tag. I, I have my limits. And, like, Vader, though, like, in this book, you find out that he really has very a very small threshold for people nosing into his business. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and that's what I, this, this is where my, I kind of flip on, like, I like that they were doing the subtlety, but at the same time, I was almost like, is that what they're doing? Like, did, and I'm asking you this, but did they... Did he have that droid um, frame that guy? Ooh. You know, that tags informant. Like, he basically said... That's possible, because then he got rid of the evidence. He he, he was yes. like, okay, droid, you're no longer needed. And the droid basically is like, all right, I'm going to kill myself now. He threw the droid out, and he killed the guy that had knowledge about um, his secret... You know, he made you know him hiring bounty hunters to go after... Luke Skywalker, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this guy knew about it, and I think Vader was just like, I just got to kill this guy. But he did it in a way that it made he made it look like this guy was a traitor to the Empire. Right, yeah, like he was the mole. Yeah, he was the mole. But I, I don't think he actually was the mole, is what I'm getting at. Is I didn't know if the story was clear about that's what happened or not. You know what? Now that you mention it, I'm going to have to... I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna go back and read the first and second issues together. 
mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get a better picture of Vader's intentions because at he this was... point, it's you know that's the other thing that I find personally like problematic about a Darth Vader book. Now, you've you've probably read a lot more Star Wars than I have as far as like comics. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm presuming, yeah. Um, but so so all of my Darth Vader knowledge comes from the movies. And and I'm not even talking about the prequels. I mean, just mm-hmm. the straight-up original trilogy. I mean, if you really think about it, Darth Vader does not have a lot of character in those movies, except, like, until the like the last 15 minutes of the third movie. Like, he really doesn't... No, ex- he doesn't. Except, like, I mean, his whole purpose is, like... You know, first movie, he's just working for the Empire. Second movie, I gotta get Luke Skywalker. Third movie, I gotta redeem myself. So those are like, that's his arc. But there's, you know, he has really no character moments. Nothing that defines him as a character in any of those movies. Now, I don't know if, if that, like, in any of the Dark Horse comics, if he had an, I mean, I know they put out a lot of Darth Vader yeah. miniseries, but again, were those just him just walking around looking badass in a black cape and a lightsaber? No, I mean, or well, was here, there more to it? You know, here's what here's what I was thinking about this in the car today uh, because I just read this too, and and how um, how Darth Vader has been portrayed over the years because of what we know about him. So, like in the very old Star Wars Marvel run of Star Wars, in the very beginning you know they were they're like oh my god we saw darth vader in this movie and they portray him as this guy could be a robot you know we don't know he could be uh an alien under that you know we know nothing about him so they he was like a monster at that point and then in the second movie with empire they actually find out hey there's a person under there and then they tweak the story and then in the third book, you or you know, in the third movie, you find out that hey, he actually was a good guy once, and then he became bad, and now he's good again. So then they tweaked him again, and then of course the prequels, you know, spelled out actually, um, you know, the, the torment that Anakin has had, you know, like his his issues growing up, you know, being a tweener and all that, right. Um, <laughs> So now I think what the what the writers do when like with with especially with this book too is I hear more of I hear more of Anakin in the you know in, in these portrayals of Darth Vader than I do Darth Vader. Like I hear you know that he's he's got an internal struggle, um, and he's at a point now too where he's completely ingrained into the system. You know, and now this is the first time um, that he's even had a problem in twenty years. So mm-hmm. I think it's new for him, too. I think this is all, you know, the whole thing about that Ben returned, and now there's this guy that followed Ben that blew up his Death Star. Like, that's all riveting to him, because See, that that kind of thing hasn't happened to him. I think we needed a... I think we needed a Darth Vader story. Like, or I'm saying, let me start over. I feel like this series mm-hmm. should have been here's what happened to Darth Vader between 
episodes three <laughs> and episodes four, not yeah. episodes four and episodes five, because because you could do anything you wanted between episodes three and four. And that's where um, Dark Horse actually did do a lot of that. They did do a lot of stories like that. Okay. Um, they, they did a, I can't remember the name of it now, but but basically it was all it was stories about Darth Vader hunting down Jedi's. Like that's all that's all the books were about. Um, and then only recently they did the, you know, from a couple of years ago the the Brian Wood I think it was or the Wood, the guy that writes the book. Yeah. Um, his run on it, and they did a more of a. You know, it was the same era Vader, so he had the same kind of issues where, you know, he, Emperor was disappointed because the Death Star got blown up, mm-hmm. you know, so he was trying to live it down, he was trying to find out who who was leaking information to the Rebellion, because obviously spies, you know, is how they got the information in the first place. So it was a lot of that. Uh, it was a lot, a lot of similar things were are happening mm-hmm. between those two, but... Um, yeah, I think like the Vader early years, it's mostly him just going around getting used to the job, you know, going around killing Jedi, yeah. hunting them down. And, and, and that's, I mean, that is what I would find fascinating is like Anakin learning how to be Darth Vader. Yeah. Because I think he's only Darth Vader for like 30 seconds at the end of the third movie. Yeah. They, they crammed, they crammed a lot at the end of that movie, which was, you know, any any fans big scrape, you know. Yeah. So, so he could have like <laughs> they could have spent a whole movie just doing stuff of him going around doing all the yeah Darth Vadery things because you know? it's it, he, there's no way he could have gone. I mean that he would have been a hundred percent evil mm-hmm. immediately. Like I feel like yes he did turn, but there was still there still should have been a learning curve of him working for the Empire mm-hmm. and being, you know, a weapon for the Empire. Um, yeah, that's just, I mean, uh, again, that's that's this a story is... I would I would like to see rather than, you know, just the, yeah. I think what they're doing with this, um, you know, these books, and I know the Princess Leia one is also going to tie into the, the same era. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you read it. I, I didn't read it yet. But um, but what I think what they're doing is they're just saying Marvel is saying, here's what happened after New Hope, and you know in a few years they're going to run out of stories and say we're done with this, and then like they're going at that point they'll be able to gauge um, the success of the new movies, and then put out series that are in that era. But I think for right now they don't they can't reveal anything that they know about the new series. Mm-hmm. So they're like, here's what everybody really loves. Let's just do a new hope era stuff and get it out there. And you know we'll do that. And then if the you know when the new thing comes along, we'll start doing that instead. Right. Because I I mean really this this has a this has an end because we know that. Empire Strikes Back takes place, so at some point, this story is going to connect to that. So, you know, um, I don't know, but they even did it in the news, the newsprint stuff too. You know, um, they connected that that era, you know, the rebellion on the run and finding Hoth and all that stuff. So, 
Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still gonna, you know, I'll, I'll keep going with it. You know, it's still, like I said, the the second issue gave me a little more hope. Uh, no pun intended. Eh, um, a little more hope. Little, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and um, the uh, well, the, the Princess Leia book we'll talk about next week. I got some things to say about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I will read it probably sooner sooner than later. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I I liked it overall. I, I what what you said gave me some some things to think about. So I'm going to go back and reread those two issues and yeah. see. Uh, well, like. And I'll just point this out, but it was the droid makes a special mission in the in the issue. Mm-hmm. The droid drives over, you know, does a little R two D two move and twists the thing, and then Vader comes over and takes the thing out. And I think yep. that I think the droid just left that there so that Vader could grab it, and it was the fake evidence against this mm. you know, dude that was watching them. Hey, you know what's funny? Um, this I think. This really has. I dislike that there's a. I mean, I always forget that there's you know in this universe there's droids everywhere, but yeah. I love that. Base you know for at least this issue, Vader basically had his own. Yeah. He, he had like an evil R two U. Yeah, unit. pretty much. You know, and he it, it was even black. Like the R two yeah. unit was even black. I was like, oh my god, it's, <laughs> He's it's like, I'm done with you. It's it's Darth R two. Yeah. <laughs> And then you threw him out of an airlock. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, the, the droid was just like, that's cool. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I think so far, the you know, the, the Star Wars books are two for two, so. Yeah, I've been ha- I've been enjoying them a lot. I mean, and I'm, I like, I kind of like that they all uh, overlap each other, too. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm liking that uh, part of it. But, element. Well, I definitely want to, uh, we, we we have to make sure we're both on the show next week because I definitely want to talk to you about Princess Leia. All right. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Jared already told us that he was not going to be around, so we'll, it'll be us. Right. Tonight. Jared yeah. is actually getting ready for for picks, which is the Pittsburgh Indie Comics Expo, and I, mm-hmm. I think he would be upset if we did not mention it at least once or twelve times. That's, that's true. It's coming up coming up soon on March. Saturday, March twenty eighth. Right. And I'll be there too. Yeah. Well, we'll all be there. Yeah. You better be. Yeah. I'll hey, be there. it's free. To, it's even free to get in, so anybody can show up. Yeah. So. Yep. Get your get your indie comics fix. Um. So yeah, that's um. Well, that's all I've got for this week. You got anything else? Oh yeah, I. You know what? Real quick, I I I was gonna say this while we were talking about Darth Vader, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that maybe. The Darth Vader, the, the you know, at his current age in this story, that maybe he is the Don Draper of the Star Wars universe. At that point, <laughs> he is a madman. I'm just gonna say, I just said, I just had to say it. You okay. Know, you know, maybe we can talk about that again later at some point. But um, yeah, you know, he's he's a, he's a midlife kind of guy. You know, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Making bad decisions and yeah, yeah, killing Drinking people on the job. Yeah, <laughs> Drinking on the job. I don't know. Well, the, you know, like he can't shoot down Luke Skywalker. Really, come on now. Yeah, yeah, 
He was he was tipping the bottle. He's got problems with his kids, problems with his wife, yeah, problems <laughs> with his job. The boss is giving him a hard time. Exactly, that's what I mean. You know, he's he, he he's trying to you know figure out who he is. He's trying to he's trying to improve the brand of Empire. He's you trying know, he's, he's trying to redeem himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know he he is very much like Don Draper. Where you know Don Don Draper, you know, as Dick Whitman grew up in squalor, you know, in this like, and you know Anakin grew up in this backwater desert planet. There you go. And they they both you know had to go through a transformation and change themselves. And oh there God. you go. See, I... you're freaking me out, Duke. <laughs> you are freaking me out. Like the that's, the similarities are too. That's there you go. There's, there's something to, for your brain to chew on for a week. Oh boy. So. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Alright. Alright. Well, on that note, on uh, that thought provoking, mind bending note, <laughs> this has been episode 195 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. And we'll see you next time.